Stable Diffusion has been released to the public and the world is creative as never before. It's an explosion of creativity, collaboration and open improvement. But not everyone is happy. Today, we'll look at how Stable Diffusion works, how it impacts the world and what people say about it. Welcome to a special edition of ML News. remember Imad Mostak, who I had as an interview guest here on the channel, the founder of Stability AI has announced on August 22nd, the public open source release of Stable Diffusion. Stable Diffusion is a text to image model. You give it a piece of text and it makes an image and the images it creates are stunning. This image right here, these images are created by Stable Diffusion. This is not Photoshop. This doesn't just adjust a little bit an existing image. It creates images from pure text. So the cool thing about Stable Diffusion is that while similar models have been just available behind an API like OpenAI's DALI, this is completely in the open. You can just download the model and do whatever you want with it. Now, small point, there is actually a license on it, but it's very permissive. So almost whatever you want. Specifically, you can change it, you can update it, you can monetize it and all of that stuff. It's been trained on a subset of the Lion 5B dataset that's been filtered for specifically aesthetically pleasing images. And that is a big part of why the results are so amazing. And the craziest thing about all of this is this model does not need a data center to run. It can actually run on a single GPU. Look, this thing right here is enough to run the model, give you the most beautiful images. This enables so many people to take part. And by the way, if you want the 3090, I'm giving away one of them. Hey, it's Yannick from the future, quick addendum. It's actually a 3090 Ti, not just a 3090, so even better. All right, back to me in the past. Not only one, I'm giving away one that's signed by Jensen Huang, the CEO of NVIDIA. All you gotta do to take part is stay until the end of the video. I'll tell you exactly how you can get it. So here is how something like this would work. You go to the Hugging Face demo or to the Stable Diffusion Dream Studio and you enter a prompt. A bird with a funny hat. And look at that, birds with funny hats. And you know what happens when you release a model to the open, when you release software for anyone to just use and adapt? Great things. People almost immediately started improving this thing. Look at that, all of a sudden someone figures out how to only use half as much memory. Well, now the model runs on even more devices. Look at that, someone built an ONNX exporter. Well, now I can throw it on SageMaker, throw it into a Triton server. People are writing tutorials how to run the model locally and in a cold. Oh, look at that. It's a little tool to make a collage. Picture one, picture two, picture three, and the overlapping regions will just match. Look at that in painting. Amazing. Oh, what? It's an anime series about Oprah in Kyoto. And look, people are figuring out how to run it on an M1 Max GPU. No, wait, people are figuring out how to run it on an M2 in less than 30 seconds. Look at this stuff. This is created on a laptop. Incredible. Oh, I guess we're doing videos now. Look, here's a bunch of bubbles and formulas. All right, biomorphic, a video. This is certainly trippy. Memento Mori, a video. Consistency, different styles, looks amazing. Oh, look, there's a hugging face space called diffuse the rest. What do you do? You draw something. Look at that. All right, house, house, diffuse the rest. Look at that, house. Nice, house, house, house house and the biomorphic thing is still going and this enables so much look here children's drawing cool art children's drawing cool art 
children's drawing cool art. Look at that. Squirrel. Squirrel. Dragon. Dragon. But you see what's happening here. People are taking this and they're making all kinds of stuff. They're improving it in various ways and they are infinitely creative. This is an explosion of creativity. All of a sudden, you don't need the skills of a painter anymore. You don't need Photoshop skills or anything like that. Look at that. It's Lexica. It's a search engine where you can search through previously generated images along with their prompts. Look at this stuff. This is so cool and it's all accessible. It's all all available. And people are becoming so good at prompting these models. Look at this one. This essentially has a few of the prompt tricks like stunning, gorgeous, much detail, much wow. But the actual content of the picture is just a bunch of emojis. A burger, a bunch of houses, a tiger, a fountain, Harry Styles as a manga cover. And this is just the beginning. People are making web UIs for the model. You remember how Dali proudly presented the fact that you could make variations of images using their API? You can do that too. It's a simple Gradio app away. Look at that. Input image, submit, get your variations. Absolutely crazy. You remember clip-guided diffusion? Well, how about clip-guided stable diffusion? Bear holding a lollipop over the rooftop of Hong Kong looking at a UFO. Oh look, Hugging Face has a library called Diffusers. Oh look, stable diffusion is now in Diffusers. Dad, why is my sister's name Rose? because your mother loves roses. Thanks, dad. No problem, stable diffusion. Evolution of the typical American living room from 1950 to 2040, according to stable diffusion. Look at that. 50s, 60s, 70s. Tell me this is not crazy. Look, stable diffusion is now in mid-journey and the quality is so good. Oh, what? People are building Photoshop plugins. Look at that. In paint, out paint, paint around. Well, this seems pretty cool too. <laughs> Don't know what it is, but pretty nice. This is what happens when you give people the opportunity and the tools to build, when you give them access, when you give them the freedom to make what they want. They make absolutely great things. This thing here, it's an alternative web UI. Well, why only rely on one company making a web UI? Why not give users the option, then choose the best. These models are so good and versatile. Look at this stuff. It's amazing. I don't know what this is, but <laughs> nice. So people are experimenting with this stuff, figuring out what's going on right here, which parameters do what, lots of investigation into the model because it's just accessible. There's entire notebooks just trying to figure out what the individual parts of the model do, how you change stuff, what happens when you change stuff. Not only do people build great things around the model, people also understand the model much better and therefore are able to push it to improve it in a much greater speed. This one's called visual grounding guided in painting. So up here you have an astronaut, you say the part that you want to replace, helmet, what do you want to replace it with, flower, and I mean it's not exactly only the helmet, but you can see where this is going. These are just the first iterations of an entire age that we are about to begin. Note how crazy this is. Just a combination of two or three of these models made it such that I don't even have to click anywhere in the image. I can just interact with these things via text, via just natural language. How many people does this make art and design and in general creative endeavors accessible to? Oh wow, it's Jeflon Zuckergates. 
Look at all the variations of things that are in there. This is crazy. Now, as I said, we're only at the start and people are improving this day by day by day. One improvement that I would specifically like to highlight is called textual inversion. Textual inversion is a technique where you take a bunch of images, like a very few images, five images, 10 images of a thing, and you tell, you teach the model about that thing. And once you've done that, the model kind of knows the concept of that thing and can then make new generations according to the thing. So here's what I mean. For example, here you give it a bunch of images of a yoga pose and you teach the model that this is kind of a new concept. You can give it a name. In this case, they call it S star because you know, if you could use any name in the world, obviously you would choose S star as a name. In any case, now you can give this S star to the model along with a prompt and the model will create images according to that concept. So this is a great way to teach this model new things that it didn't know about. You can't do it with every and anything, but you can sort of teach it a concept. And look, textual inversion is already in Hugging Face Diffusers. And look, there is already a library of pre-made things that people have taught the stable diffusion model. So all of these things are concepts that people have previously ran textual inversion on. And therefore, you can simply take these concepts and generate images according to these concepts. Super Mario World Map? Yeah, let's use that. Switzerland SMW Map. <laughs> Not exactly, but this is my very first try, so we'll get there. Now, about a week after the release of Stable Diffusion, OpenAI released a blog post that they're now introducing outpainting to their DALI API. DALI being the model that they've trained, they have behind their API, they let you interact with it if you are on the beta users list. So now you can take a picture and you can sort of outpaint from it, generate surroundings of that picture according to DALI. I guess what? Instead of waiting for OpenAI to build this into their API with stable diffusion, someone can just go and make it. Someone can just take the model and build a little UI that does outpainting. Look at that. Give it a prompt. Click. There's a window. There's a girl. Now, I can't say whether this is in response to stable diffusion or, or, or just by accident, but OpenAI also updated their pricing recently to make it significantly cheaper to use their text APIs. Now, DALI, the image generator, is still in beta, but also there they now have a commercial model. So for 115 generations, you're paying $15. But therefore, you're allowed to commercialize the images that you get out of DALI. Now, as you can see right here in the official UI, of Stable Diffusion, the one from Stability AI, an image costs one credit. One credit is one cent. That's over 10 times cheaper than DALI. And keep in mind, you can just download the model and run it yourself. Although I'm pretty sure like the electricity is going to cost more than a cent per image. And Stable Diffusion images that you make, obviously you're able to commercialize those from the day it was publicly released. But the battle between the API model of OpenAI and the open model of Stability AI doesn't end there. OpenAI has recently announced they are now reducing bias and improving safety in DALI 2. They released a blog post where they say they're implementing a new technique so that DALI generate images of people that more accurately reflect the diversity of the world's population. They simply say, a new technique and they give an example when they search for a photo of a CEO or rather generate a photo of a CEO you see it's just men and with their new 
technique. It is a rainbow of people of different ethnicities and genders and so on. Now again, they don't say what the new technique is, but people were wondering because it's not that easy to mitigate this kind of stuff. Now people found that there are some rather interesting side effects of this. For example, if they generate a professional DSLR color photograph of British soldiers during the American Revolution, it seems to be let's say historically rather inaccurate. And now it shows again how creative people are. So in order to figure out what's running, since we can't expect the code, people came up with the idea, maybe they're just kind of modifying your prompt. So people entered as a prompt the sentence, a person holding a sign that says, like that's the prompt. And what comes out? This picture gets out of that. Other people have reproduced this. The prompt here says pixel art of a person holding a text sign that says and the picture is that. So it turns out that the technique that OpenAI is advertising is they simply have like a predefined list of things and they append these things to your prompt, thereby potentially completely destroying your prompt. But neither would they say what the technique is, nor do they let you opt out of the technique. Like in the name of safety, they don't trust you. They can't just say, you know, we actually found that this pretty simple thing mitigates a lot of the bias. If you just append these kind of words to the prompt, then it actually works pretty well. You'll get a pretty diverse result. If you want to do so, take it under consideration, use it in our API. We even made like a button for you to automatically append these words. This would have been so much better than them just saying we have a new technique. And no, we're not going to let you opt out of the technique. Whenever you enter a prompt that says, Beautiful summer morning, a person meditates on the top of Mount Fuji, watching the calm sunset. The birds fly across a river, and the air is so pure in this blue, nice sky. Hindu elderly man. It is, how shall I say, a philosophy. It is, we know what's good for you. Overheard in Silicon Valley. Safety, safety, safety. Open source. On the other hand, Stability AI is partnering up with institutions around the world to make localized models of stable diffusion. Now, that seems to be much more sensible to get sort of all of the world to participate. You go to places and you let people there improve the model, make their own models. So at the end, it works for those people too. But oh man, it did not take long for people to not be happy about this at all. Simply giving people the tools and opportunity to be creative, that doesn't sit well with some people. Kotaku writes, AI creating art is an ethical and copyright nightmare. TechCrunch writes, this startup is setting a Dolly 2-like AI-free consequences be damned. You mean the consequences that anyone has the ability to make their own stuff? Oh yeah, those be damned. Rather we write a hit piece on people. But the same author at the same publication wasn't quite satisfied. So about 10 days later, another article, deepfakes for all uncensored AI art model prompts ethics questions. Wow, really? Two articles, two hit pieces, gotta milk it, gotta milk those ethical questions that are raised, right? But don't worry, the exact same author writes pieces such as Rephrase AI lands fresh investment to grow its synthetic media platform in a quite positive piece about a company that makes synthetic media. Gee, synthetic media, like 
image and video generation. I wonder what's the difference. Oh, right, this one is actually controlled behind an API, can be sold and can be controlled by just having one or two people at the correct places in a large company or in the App Store or in the Play Store or in the appropriate journalistic channels, right? Here's another one. Win.ai launches out of stealth with an AI assistant for sales calls. Ah, huh, wait an AI assistant for sales calls. Like, you know, like a bot that makes sales calls for, you know, salespeople, like the most annoying calls you'll ever get. And now it's an AI doing it for them. I guess at least you can now swear at them without you having to feel bad for them or something like this. Again, also completely positive coverage. I don't know, the model that can make Oprah Winfrey as an anime, that's the problem. Consequences be damned. And of course, the AI ethics community isn't happy at all, because what's ethical about giving people access to tools and, and giving them the opportunity to make great things? That's terrible. You can always just pull one of like five different standard insults from the drawer and just accuse anyone that you don't like of one of these. When you've got N engineers cheerfully putting out models they know to be racist, you've got a company with N racists. You hear that? Stability AI? That's all of you. That's... that's all of you. That's it. Like, that's what it means. And everyone taking part in it. We need organizations like Hugging Face, who is hosting Stable Diffusion for public download, to act with courage and bring their might to the firefighting effort. And addressing Imad Mustak directly. If these scholars are nobody to you, you are not qualified to work in this space. Well, that's the thing about stuff being open and stuff being a free market. He doesn't need to be qualified. He can just do it it's fine. But it's very clear what's going on. Some people enjoy the level of power that they have in big organizations. If there's just a few big organizations, a few big machine learning conferences, a few publications, then you have a pretty solid grasp on power. You can make noise on Twitter and you make sure that whatever happens needs to go through one of those people at least to get approval. Distributing an open model to anyone where anyone can improve, anyone can do their thing, build their stuff in a decentralized fashion means that power vanishes. No one has to ask specifically any one person anymore whether they're allowed to do something, whether something is ethical in their view or not. I can't believe stable diffusion is out there for public use and that's considered as okay. Yes, yes, that's okay. Now, as you can see, the pressure on Hugging Face on these people is getting pretty intense because how dare they just give something to people. Well, here's what a member of their ethics team has to say. I'm concerned about these things being overstatements that function to give an impression that the release is something that ethics-minded AI people, at least at Hugging Face, signed off on. We do not and did not sign off on anything. We advise within an open source community. That means we are working on licensing, documentation and release strategies which any contributor can take or leave. We are a resource, not approvers. Really? Really? I, I, I recall, I recall that was quite different a few months ago. The evolution of centralized AI ethics. Don't be evil. We decide what is evil. We decide you are evil. But what are they actually saying right here? Well, you know, if you have this model, you could make any image that you want. Any image you could make a bad image. Like, essentially, they're saying, like, okay, wait. Essentially, there's... 
essentially what they're saying is like this pen this pen right here the, the fact that you can buy it in the store is terrible because you know what someone could do you know you know someone could could like someone could 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 someone could Someone could write a dirty word with it. But all that being said, please let me know what you think. There is absolutely issues around things like copyright here. Maybe we need a, a new social contract. Like you as an artist obviously put in a lot of work into making these images. Is it okay if then the machine simply grabs them into the training data set? Obviously it's okay for humans to be inspired by other pictures, but in the world where machines can consume and produce you know, millions and billions of images, it tends to be a bit of a different story. So maybe society needs to evolve a little bit right there. Nevertheless, I feel the explosion of creativity is great. People are infinitely creative with these things. And that is just such a good thing overall. And the fact that someone can use it to make a nasty picture, or the fact that it doesn't work for all kinds of pictures, exactly the same to me is just such a non-starter and it seems to be quite an dishonest argument that is just aimed at further centralization of power some people just don't like that things are available to the public to anyone without having to ask them first if something is okay i'm not hating on open ai or things like this who decide to put their models behind an api but don't at the same time talk about democratizing ai like it's completely cool you train a cool model you ask for money for people to use it that's fine but this is democratizing ai democratizing means giving people access to everything, allowing people to take things for themselves, make it better and give back to the community. The explosion of applications is absolutely great that we've seen. Look at this. This tool creates a color palette from a text. Nobody, nobody at OpenAI came up with this. I'm fairly sure this is such a unique application, but such a great thing. You give a bunch of words, you get a color palette out. How awesome is that? And that's what happens when you give people the tools and access and freedom. And even better, when the model runs on a consumer GPU so anyone can use it. Hello, it's me from the editing room. There's so much stuff coming out. I really thought this should make this video, but it appeared literally today so or i saw it today this is uh, dream textures which is an endless texture generator in blender directly in blender uh, using stable diffusion to create unique and seamless textures this is a playlist of stable diffusion tutorials on youtube this is charlie which is an app that will bring stable diffusion onto an M1 or M2 Mac in a single click. And this is Stable Diffusion implemented using TensorFlow and Keras by Devam Gupta. Props to Devam for implementing this. Uh, here, this is a serious effort not to be joked about. All right, back to me in the past. But as I said, let me know what you think. All right, just a few things that might be helpful to you. Then the video is over. Div Garg on Twitter announces the first ever Transformers seminar by Stanford. This is a seminar called Transformers United and all the lectures are on YouTube. So if you want to know something about Transformers from an academic perspective, place to go. Another thing, because it just starts like yesterday, is the Shifts Challenge 2022, which evaluates robustness and uncertainty on real world data. Projects include things like 
like white matter, multiple sclerosis, uh, segmentation, or marine cargo vessel power estimations. So this is real world data and you have to act under uncertainty and distribution shifts and it's a challenge. So if you're into challenges, this one's starting right now. All right, so now I'm gonna tell you how you enter the raffle for the GPU. This video is kindly sponsored by NVIDIA. Specifically, they want you to know about the GTC 2022 Fall Edition. GTC is NVIDIA's developer conference, the one of the largest of its kind. It's free to attend and it's full with amazing content. Of course, the keynote by Jensen Huang is the biggest event and Jensen's gonna tell you all about the future plans of NVIDIA and what's happening in the world of deep learning, GPU computing and everything around it. Now with NVIDIA being the market leader that it is, I'd say that's a pretty cool thing to attend. Now of course the focus are gonna be things like more efficient deep learning but also things like the metaverse, VR and collaborations such as this one. NVIDIA and Siemens partner up to enable what they call the industrial multi so this connects NVIDIA's Omniverse platform, which is essentially a virtual reality platform to simulate the real world as closely as possible in order to design, to train, and to make forecasts. This is being connected to the Siemens Accelerator, which Siemens being the hardware and sensor company that it is, is a platform for IoT-enabled hardware and software. So you can imagine that as more and more of these companies pair up their systems and team up, we're gonna get a richer and richer digital and real hybrid world. I think this comes pretty close to the vision that Mark Zuckerberg had for the metaverse. And I'd say in many ways closer than, you know, strapping on a VR headset and running around in VR chat. So it's pretty cool to see the industrial applications of this. GTC is gonna be full with unique demos and workshops that you can attend. And of course, a lot of talks. Now, next to the keynote, there's also a fireside chat with the Turing Award winners. They are all gonna be there. Jan LeCun, Jeffrey Hinton, Joshua Benjo. And for a full hour, they'll share their opinions about the current state and future of AI research. Okay, here's how you get into the raffle for the GPU. Go to whyculture.com GTC. Now it's important that you sign up to GTC using my link. This will track you in their system. But once you've done that, it's not enough. You actually need to attend GTC. Well, I obviously suggest you attend the keynote, but you can attend any session, but it needs to be at least one session that you attend of the GTC. GTC conference. Once you've done that, you'll be entered into the raffle for the GPU. I'll notify the winner as soon as I know. Now there's one caveat, this only counts for people in EMEA, Europe, the Middle East and Africa. If you happen to live there, great enter the raffle. If you don't live there, I'm sorry, I don't have power over this. But what I can do is I can raffle out a bunch of merch such as shirts like these. So if you don't live in EMEA, you can enter the raffle there and maybe get a shirt or whatever you want, essentially. So in any case, the link is whykilter.com GTC. And even if you do not live in EMEA, if you enter into the raffle, it'd be absolutely great if you still attend the developer conference. As long as you sign up using the link, they'll still be able to track you you, and that gives me brownie points with NVIDIA. So again, whykilter.com slash GTC, sign up to the conference using that link, attend at least one session, you'll be entered into the raffle automatically. All right, that was it. Thank you so much, NVIDIA, for sponsoring this video. I'll see you at the GTC conference or in the next video. Bye-bye. What? Fun. I was gonna write fun.
What did you think?